Section 39 of Is the Bible Worth Reading and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Laszlo Beauregard. Is the Bible Worth Reading and Other Essays? By Lemuel K. Washburn. Section 39. The Brotherhood and Freedom of Man. From the fall of Rome, a new era marks the history of man. A new soul was born out of human existence. The idea which had been prophesied by the philosophers of India, Egypt, and Greece now appeared in life, and what had been hoped for seemed about to be realized. Born in an age of slaughter and inhumanity, the thought of the brotherhood of man fell upon the world like a star out of the night sky though the power of this idea was not fully comprehended by the people upon whom it blazed forth still the promise it contained was able to kindle enthusiasm in the hearts of the few who bequeathed it to the world as the destiny of mankind human life was inspired with new purpose under the power of this grand and noble sentiment although it was not understood and the subject of much misapprehension the thought of uniting man in one greater endeavor grew and endowed nations with a feeling that never before had moved their hearts. Its advent gave the world a new ambition, and the mind was enlisted in the great cause of love and fellowship of man. There was another sentiment not less true or beautiful but more revolutionary, which about the same time began to assume likeness in human affairs, which must be considered of larger importance in the new social movement, which, during the first century of the so-called Christian era, commenced to be felt. The declaration of the sovereignty of man was more prophetic of change in government and society than the doctrine of the brotherhood of man. No government taught that man ought to judge for himself what is right, and no church preached that man should love his neighbor as himself. Political and religious organizations then, as now, were arrayed against individual rights. The state and the church controlled the person. Man was crucified between these two thieves. One robbed him of his body, the other of his soul. Our history assigns the origin of these two great principles, a man's right to judge for himself and his duty to help his fellow being, to Christianity. But one was born before the beginning of the Christian era, and the other long after the Christian church was established. One represents man as opposed to authority, the other the soul-resisting tradition. There is more or less talk about the freedom and brotherhood of man, but they exist as ideas yet more than as facts. It is true that man enjoys a certain measure of liberty in many directions, but the victory of freedom has not yet been won. So too is there a kind of human sympathy in society, but the broad and magnificent destiny which dwells in the bosom of human brotherhood is more a dream than a reality. There has been too much time wasted in disputing who was the human author of these great and sublime conceptions, and too little expended in trying to plant them in human hearts and cultivate them in human lives. It is unimportant who first stood against the world of tyranny and demanded his right of independence, or who first felt indignation for the wrongs inflicted upon his race and pity for the victims of cruelty and pleaded for more humanity towards man. The secret can never be wrested from the silent past, and we can gain nothing by fighting over graves. The world seems nearer the full realization of human freedom and brotherhood than ever before. What is needed now to hasten the fruition of the glad promise of a better destiny for the world is to take authority from the priest and selfishness from man. Prayer is a hook that never caught any fish. It is a gun that never brought down any game. No man ever got an answer to prayer that he could show another person. 
End of section 39.